The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And a happy Friday to everyone. Thank you so much for joining another edition of the Work-Life Balance. We've got a great show today. I've actually got a great longtime friend of mine who's going to be joining us. We're going to talk today about succeeding in sales, right? So Work-Life Balance, we talk about all different types of topics. We wanted to bring on some principles of sales. And I couldn't think of anybody better than to have the guest that I have on today. Really, this person and I go way back. And when I say way back, it doesn't sound like it's way back because it goes back to 2005. But when you spend as much time as he and I have spent together, it's really like dog years. I mean, I feel like I've known this gentleman for about 85 years, and he's only 25 years old, so that that, that doesn't seem possible. But um, th- this gentleman and I met each other um, back in uh, uh, CA days. Actually, he was part of the NICU purchase, so uh, the people that, that know Clarity and, and know CAPPM, uh, it was originally NICU. He and I uh, met at a sales engagement, you know, funny enough, and in, in, in all of a sudden, the, the the energy in the room when we started selling with each other was was immediate. And uh, as I moved on and started uh, Highmark Technology, uh, I reached out to him. Timing wasn't right. You know, we always wanted to work together. Finally, brought him over right as Highmark Technology was collapsing, which was fantastic. And uh, we had this dream to start R squared, and, and he was one of the only ones that that decided to take that leap of faith with me. And we built R squared together into what it is today. And uh, I, I couldn't have been prouder to have him along uh, with me. He's now moved on and is a representative of Blue Ridge, which is a, a named leader in, in the 2016 Gartner Magic Quadrant for supply chain planning systems. Uh, they provide revolutionary cloud-native supply chain planning technology specifically designed for retail, wholesale, and distribution. They enable their customers to increase revenue at lower costs by delivering an unprecedented level of precision and accuracy to forecasts, resulting in higher fill rates to customers and increased profit, implemented in as little as 90 days. They ensure products are available at the right time without incurring excess inventory costs, uh, and you're going to be able to find out all about them. You can actually go to blueridgeglobal.com, and then we'll give uh, his contact information out later as well. But I want to welcome to the show Mr. Greg Huffman. Greg, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Rick. Thanks for having me. And thanks for the intro. I have goosebumps. Ah, well, you know, we, we do that too. When you, it, 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 this is going to sound horrible to the listeners, but when you share as many hotel rooms as you and I have shared, <laughs> that, that's what I mean by dog rooms, man. We, you know, exactly. Up and coming, when you, when you start a company like R Squared, like you did, man, it was, it was, it was grassroots, man. We, we had no money, man. We, we were living paycheck to paycheck, trying to guess where our next client was going to come from and rolled up our sleeves. And, and when you're hitting the road like that, man, we drove everywhere. We stayed in, in hotel rooms, bunked up, did whatever we had to do to make ends meet. And those were the good old days, baby. 
It was. Driving together, watching movies on the DVD as we're driving to a, a spot to make some money to, to make payroll the next week. Right. We, we, we never really watched them, right? That, that, that would sound illegal, but <laughs> we, right. we certainly right. listened to them as we drove by. But so many good stories, and I don't even know where to start. But, you know, we, what we wanted to, you know, as, as I envisioned having you on the show, you're one of the first people I wanted to ask when, when I got asked to do this show. And, and one of the things that, that we always prided ourselves on when we were selling our squared and selling the services, though, was just doing the right thing. And I, I, I see so many shady sales tactics, and it, it frustrates me. And a lot of times it's driven by, you know, their numbers. They've got to hit their quota. People get, they get really um, desperate to hit numbers and all this other stuff. And we wanted to have that relaxed environment, right? We wanted to be able to just do it our own way and try to blaze our own trail. And in doing so, we discovered so many different principles out there that we wanted to share with the audience today. And that's really why I wanted to have you on. And, um, you know, why don't you go ahead, though, and take take a moment. Just, you know, I did the whole Blue Ridge thing, but tell, you know, a little bit more about Blue Ridge, how you got there, um, what you guys do, and, and just a little bit more about yourself. And we'll jump into some of those principles. Sure, sure, absolutely. So I started out of college uh, with J.C. Penney. So I was on the retail side. I was a merchandiser, you know, selling product at, at Penney's. Um, so I, I had that background, and then I went to after about seven years. I went to ProSource uh, Food Distributors, and I uh, was the director of purchasing there. And they were a four billion dollar company, and we distributed to Burger King, uh, Chick Fil A, uh, Red Lobsters. And at the time, we were struggling trying to get product to our customers. And I brought in a, uh, an inventory management system um, back in the day. It was called E3. And once I got that up and running, they actually hired me. So I, was, I grew up in Miami. They hired me, moved me up to Atlanta, and I worked with a company called E3. So I did that for many years, consulting, and you know, my background was purchasing and merchandising. Well, fast forward, you know, past uh, the consulting years and you and I starting our square together, um, about a dozen folks from the old E3 regime came and started a, a new company called Blue Ridge. Now, when we worked with companies like E3 and the Manhattans and the SAPs and the Oracles, we realized on the supply chain planning side, there was a lot of gaps there. So the executives and the CEO, Greg White, he took a blank sheet of paper and he says, Here's what we need in a, a, a system, and here's the gaps that we definitely need to put in. Um, and over the last, you know, eight or nine years as they developed this product, um, they created a system that filled in gaps that another supply chain system did not have. Um, and that's one of the reasons why, as a, a young company as we are, we got put in the magic quadrant uh, of the Gartner's supply chain planning uh, quadrant in the leaders uh, space. Um, so, I, you know, my background was in buying and in consulting for inventory management and purchasing sides. So I was very comfortable to come back and work with these guys that I worked with 20 years, 20 years ago. Um, so the, the territory that I cover for Blue Ridge, they actually call it the Sin Group. If you can uh, eat it, drink it, or smoke it, it's in my territory. So <laughs> grocery retail. Um, food service, so whether it's mom-and-pop restaurants that people service or casual dining or fast food. Uh, convenience stores, so that's your candy and tobacco. Uh, and, of course, the wine and spirits industry. You know, that, those are my territories. And uh, 
some of the some of the benefits that I see uh, with Blue Ridge and the product that we sell today is we are cloud native, uh, which allows us so much more computing power and more precise safety stocks and, and, and better demand forecasts, all the way from the wholesale to the retail side. Um, it also, um, you know, that's, that's a big deal. So it, that helps us reduce excess inventory, which really frees up a lot of cash and, and makes a lot of profit for companies. So in a sense, right, as, as you looked at the manufacturing processes and things like that, that was, that was where, you know, it, it, where Six Sigma was coming in. People were looking at just-in-time manufacturing. What you're essentially offering is just-in-time purchasing power. Is that, is that a great uh, that, way to say that? That's a good analogy. Exactly, yeah. You know, you hear, you hear this all the time, but getting the right product in the right place at the right time, you know, that, that's what we do. And, and, we, and we really help uh, make the supply chain more efficient for companies that we work with. And that's great. It, it, again, you say the mom and pops and that kind of stuff. But when you're starting an organization, you're starting a restaurant, you're starting that kind of stuff. I mean, cash is king. And, and not having a ton of product sitting in the back of the warehouse and spoiling and that kind of stuff as well, this has got to be a fantastic product for them. It is. And you know what's really neat about it is I work with a lot of uh, you know, organizations that are in their third and fourth generation of, of people and ownership of a family. So when you sign a contract with these folks, you know, and you shake their hands, shaking their hand to them is more than what a contract's worth. So the product that we have has to exceed their expectations or, or these family-run businesses, you know, could lose money and we're not going to have that happen. And it's interesting. You and I actually had that conversation not too long ago in, in the world is changing business-wise, right? We're getting faster. We're getting better. You know, the cloud computing, even the way what I do with CAPPM and Clarity, you know, it used to take three, four months, and that was very, very quick, but that included the installation of Clarity and all that stuff. And now with cloud-based computing and CAPPM, I mean, I'm getting companies up in four to six weeks because we don't have to do the install and all that other stuff. Uh, but also, as you're saying, is the generational gap as well, right? You're, you're talking to third, fourth, fifth generation. So not only... You know, is the world changing? But there's also a lot of pressure to keep that business running. Oh, absolutely! I'll give you an example of uh, a company that I, w- I was just at. They had the second, third, and fourth generation around the table with me, and we were talking about you know how Blue Ridge can help you out. Um, so the the second generation, you know, he wrote their original system, their ERP system, so to speak, back in the seventies. Uh, the, the third generation was the president of the company, and he was also their head buyer. He was placing all their orders. And the fourth generation was the young gun who just got out of college and was technologically savvy. So it was really him kind of pushing, you know, hey, if, if we're going to compete in the market, marketplace, we need to get a technology, and we need to do things more efficient. So imagine, you know, the grandson trying to sell his uncle, who's the president, and his grandfather who wrote the system that he's trying to get rid of. <laughs> That's unbelievable. It, exactly. It becomes, a little, it, it, it becomes a little tricky. But more and more, I'm starting to see these younger guys come up who will eventually be running the company, but they have a, a nice outlook that uh, if I'm going to compete, I need to get product you know, to the consumers faster, you know, I need to raise my fill rate, and I've, I've got to do it smarter. I can't manually just place orders anymore like I used to. And that's awesome. Now, 
one of the greatest things I've always loved about you, Greg, is you can pretty much sell anything anywhere, and, and you've done that, right? So here you are, right. J.C. Penney. You came into you know project portfolio management, which is you know a totally different industry. Now you're back in food service and doing all this other stuff, and you've got a tremendous amount of not only skill but people relationship skills. And in really, sales is all about connection. Uh, and you had that phenomenal ability to connect with people and yeah. understand what they want, push them into that right direction, but make sure that they understood that they were buying you as at the same time they were buying product. So we're about to hit a break. And when we come back, I want to start to dive into some of those principles that um, that I saw in you. And, and we actually started to write down as we were going through our squared, you know, what are some of those sales principles that we think makes us a little bit different and, and makes us a little bit more successful than the next person? We'd love to share some of that with our audience. So if you guys hang around, we're going to share some of those principles with you. We've got Greg Huffman from Blue Ridge, and uh, we'll be right back on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, Visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the work-life balance. 
And we're back. We have Greg Huffman on the line with us. Greg actually started R Squared Consulting with me and now is over at Blue Ridge and is helping them uh, sell their fantastic platform. They do uh, just in time uh, uh, management in food service, things like that. It's, it's a fantastic software platform. Greg was sharing a little bit about that with us. And before we went to break, I was actually giving Greg my love and compliments. I mean, this guy can pretty much sell anything he puts his mind to, but one of the greatest skill sets he has is connecting to people. He does a fantastic job at networking with people, understanding people. Um, I know that when I showed up to speeches, uh, the the first thing people would say is, man, you know, if Greg says he's going to call you, if Greg says he's going to send something to you, he does. And and that always gave me such pride uh, that, that he wore my logo on his shirt uh, wherever he went. So with that, Greg, what do you think is one of the most important you know, philosophies or, or priorities from, from a salesperson's perspective um, in, in the sales process? Yeah, I think uh, you got to be honest, open and honest with uh, folks that you're talking to. Um, and I think listening is another one, you know, listening to what their requirements are, uh, what their strategic initiatives are. Uh, and I think if you have honesty and listening, as opposed to talking and trying to sell, I think that's you're already ahead of the game when you do that. Yeah, and it often starts with the first phone call, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah, we had uh, we had one of those, Rick, a, a few years back when we got a phone call from a company, and they, you know, they got in touch with me, and they were, started talking about uh, a, a big service engagement that uh, they wanted to do with us, and then we found out that in the course of gathering those requirements and what their needs were that our partner was already involved, um, which at that point I had to shut that down because we weren't going to compete against our partner. Which was one of our core priorities, right? We, we, we said in the beginning, which, you know, there was a lot of other partner organizations that we compete against that had that same partner that, that would have not done that. They would have gone after the business. We said, early on as part of our philosophy that we wouldn't do that. And, uh, you know, that ended up coming back around in our favor. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I felt like we got a lot of political capital and political gain by, you know, doing the right thing. And I think, That's right. you know, when you do that, when you do the right thing, it, it does come back to you. And I think also, um, you know, you mentioned listening. I think one of the yeah. funniest terms I ever remember you telling me, you know, we'd walk out of a meeting and we would have our partner with us, and you know we do a lot of joint sales with them. Uh, you would say, "What do you think?" And you know, you and I would always be of the same opinion. You know, oh, we're forty percent, or oh, we're sixty percent. And then we'd talk to the partner, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're going to close in March." <laughs> and, 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 That's right. <laughs> and, and I'd say, "What do you think?" And you'd say, "Man, he's got happy ears." I love. I always loved when I heard That's you right. say that. Why don't you explain that term to people? What is happy ears? Well, happy ears is thinking after one meeting that you're going to close a, a huge deal with somebody. Um, and it, it's, it's great to be positive, um, but happier is thinking that you've won a deal when you just had a, a first meeting and you haven't really gotten into requirements gathering and possibly an RFP or knowing what their process is or do they have a budget or have you even met an executive or who's the decision maker. Um, so, you know, Luckily, I've been a very, very bad salesperson in the past, so I learned the hard way on some of these things like happy years and and stuff like that. You have to fail a lot to to start to succeed, and I went through that like everybody else. It's a that's a you know a salesperson who's you know exceeding expectations. 
So one of my one of my favorite quotes, right, from John Maxwell. He actually has a book out there, and, and I'm a huge fan of of John Maxwell, and consider him a mentor. And, and he's got a book out there called "Sometimes You Win and Sometimes You Learn." And I think uh, you know some of the best ones out there have had a lot of those failures, and, and like you said, happy years. Uh, where, where you don't just hear what you want to hear, you're hear, hearing what they're saying, right? You're, you're picking right. up buying signals, but just because they said, yeah, we like you guys, doesn't mean they're going to sign the contract. And we've even seen, you know, I actually had a devastating blow last week, man. We, we thought we had a deal and we had somebody come snipe the deal at the last second and it happens. It's part of business and you learn from it, you move on. But uh, wow, yeah, that the happy years term was the first time I ever heard that from you. You know, I heard it from you and I've used it since, but I always got a kick out of of watching you uh, deploy that one with people. And I, I think I even watched you tell somebody that going, hey, hey, chill the happy years, man. I think we've got a little bit more work to do on yeah. this one. <laughs> There's a lot more work to get done here. <laughs> so coming back to that big client that we had, you know, that was a really interesting story. I, you know, we actually had chartered out a book that we just never had time to write, but we, we, we could write a whole novel around the story of closing that sales cycle. And there was just so many things that we saw, mistakes that were made. You know, we watched this huge client literally take a three and a half million dollar deal and, and turn around and, and lose really all their revenue simply by, you know, fighting and, and seeing who was going to get paid on what and and all of the That's different right. sales mistakes that people were, were making. But, you know, one of the bigger moves I think that we made was, and it comes from that open and honesty, and, and I think I have a problem sometimes of being a little too honest because um, <laughs> there, there were times that you would look at me across the table and go, really, did you just throw that out? But, um, you know, there, there, <laughs> there was times I Yeah, quite, kicked, quite a few times. <laughs> you kicked me under the table. Um one of my favorite things about you, and, and I'd like you to talk about this principle too. We wrote it down as, as one of those principles, but it's you know setting deadlines, send them in writing, and, and hit them. You know, one of my one of my things that I talk about in my seminars is you have to surround people with skill sets that you don't have. And so, one of the the better skill sets I think I've always had is is that creative and talkative side. But then that's my ADD kicking in and the fact that I'm not always the best at hitting deadlines, which is weird being a project manager, which is why I needed somebody like you, um, yep. which were, you were phenomenal at that. So talk about a little bit about that system, and I'd like you then to follow up, if you would, uh, with one of my other favorite of your systems, which is, is how many times you need to touch a prospect. Sure, sure. Well, an, an important thing when you're working with organizations and whether they're partners or or customers or prospects is uh, making sure that you, uh, one of the things I like to do is with these deadlines is I'd like to recap everything I heard. So if I have a conversation with somebody in a meeting, they're going to get an email back with, hey, this is what I heard. You know, this is what I expect to happen next. Uh, can you let me know if this is your expectation as well? And as a next step, if it's if it's going to be done on this date, let's all work together to get this date, whether that's me getting uh, an RFP back or information that they need or references or them, you know, getting me in front of their decision maker or their board, you know, uh, or getting a signature signed. Uh, and it's just holding people accountable, uh, you know, our company and their company. And one of the things that I always like to do, and you don't always think it's going to work, but when you send a contract out to somebody and says, please, you know, please review, let me know if you have any questions or clarifications, but please get back to me on you know, Friday the 5th with a signed signature. And you know about 80% of the time you'd get that back on that same day? 
Yeah, I've, I've seen you do that. I've seen you pull deals in, inside of weeks that I never thought would happen just simply by making the power of suggestion of, of asking them to sign by that date. That's right. That's right. And then I guess you were asking me about how, you know, how do you, I guess it would be considered a, a lead generation piece. You know, when you're first starting to build your pipeline, what's the best way to do it? And I always had a rule that you, you, you contact somebody um, at least eight times. And it sounds kind of screwy when you think about it. It sounds like a lot. But the first time you're doing it, you've got to think, if, if you're working with a CIO, the first time you hit them, well, everybody in the world's hitting them. So there's dozens of supply chain planning companies out there. There's ERP customers, you know, companies. There's HR companies. Everybody's hitting the CIO. Um, so when you hit them once, they're not going to respond. But also, 50% of your competition bows out after that time. They never try to hit them up a second time. Well, the second time you hit them, if you don't hear from them, another 30% of the companies that are trying to hit them bow out. So now you've got about 20% of the field left that's persistent. So I, I keep rolling on the same person up until eight times. And that could be an email. That could be a phone call. Um, and then if nothing happens, I'll go to somebody else in the organization but we had one example where on the eighth try, and this person never responded back to me, but on the eighth try, I uh, emailed them about one of your seminars that we were doing. I believe it was Tampa where you were doing a big, you know, full-day seminar. And we're in the class, and it turns out that three of the people uh, from this company showed up to the seminar. And during the breaks, I walked up to them, and they said, oh, yeah, we, the CIO forwarded this email and said we had the, the money to go and sent us to, to see what this was all about. So on the eighth try, these three people showed up. And you probably remember this, this customer, but we ended up getting, a, I think, a two-week service engagement out of that uh, seminar. And eventually that service engagement became a software play that we ended up selling them uh, a year later. So persistence pays off. I, I I probably can count five clients where I know I'd be driving, I'd be traveling somewhere, I'd come back, but you would say this was the eighth contact and we finally got through. I, I know of at least five um, over the several years that we worked together where that principle was there, which is why it's such an important principle. And, and you're right, it is persistence um, and, and follow through and that kind of stuff. And, and off of a side note of that, there's there's this application that that I bought a couple of years ago called Get Abstract, which you know I enjoyed. That's where I found uh, you know some of the books that I've suggested to you that, that we've read in the past. It's a great little application that that you know puts all the different books out there in abstract form. I can read them really quickly, and if I like a certain book, I'll go buy it. There's this guy Gilbert. He has called me, Greg. I don't know how many times over the last two years, it, it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's more than eight. And yep. uh, literally uh, Wednesday of this week, he called me probably for the 11th or 12th time, as nice as can be. And I said, you know what, dude? Today's your day. Um, I'll, I'll renew the subscription. Your persistence is amazing. Uh, and just back to the power of eight times, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. This guy wore, has been the most persistent. Oh, he did. And I love him to death and suggest <laughs> him to everybody. But went and bought the doggone application again. 
uh, and got another year subscription. So when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of other principles, maybe some other stories that we'll get into from our past. Uh, you've been listening to Greg Huffman from Blue Ridge. Uh, they sell supply chain uh, software. Uh, please go visit Greg. Uh, go visit his stuff. He's at greg.huffman at blueridgeglobal.com. You can actually reach him personally at 678-480-9958. You can also visit blueridgeglobal.com to find out about all of the great software and supply chain planning systems that they do. And uh, we're going to be right back on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment, and not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward, and the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy, and the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the work-life balance. 
And we're back. Yes, if you would like to dial in and, and ask any questions of myself or Greg, uh, we'll be taking calls in the last segment. If anybody calls in, it's one 472 5790 That's 866-472-5790. I wanted to come back. I wanted to tell a silly story. I told Greg uh, on break I was going to tell a silly story. It was one of my fa- favorite ones. It's it's goofy as all get out. It, it's goofy as all get out, Greg. It has no bearing to our sales stuff. But Greg and I uh, were actually going into a very, very important partner meeting. We were meeting this new executive at one of our key partners. Um, and uh, we had watched this Saturday Night Live clip uh, with Zach, Zach Galifianakis. And um, Zach tells this horrible joke where uh, he was drinking uh, – uh, he, was, he was driving and he had just uh, drank a six-pack of O'Doul's. And uh, he gets pulled over, and the, the police officer asks, have you been drinking? He says, well, sort of. <laughs> he says, what do you mean, sort of? And he says, well, uh, I've been drinking O'Doul's. And he says, uh, then he got a ticket for being a gay lord. And so we found that funny, and we're just, you know, in our being our silly selves, it was already a hard week, and we're goofing off. So we, we go to this dinner with this executive, and the first person in front of us orders an O'Doul's, and you and I – could not keep it in. <laughs> right. we started, it was horrible. <laughs> but anyway, um, if, if we told half of the stories that happened to us on the road and half the things that occurred to us, we could do a movie ourselves, but people wouldn't find it believable. It, it just wouldn't yeah. occur. They're like, that, that didn't happen. It, it would be a stupid script. But anyway. Very large book. A very large book, and, and most people wouldn't think it actually occurred. they think we would just make up half these stories. But anyway, they good would. stuff. Yeah. So coming back, one of the big things that you know we talk about all the time, and, and it's I, I think it has to do more with integrity than anything else. Um, it it really talking about it's not about how much the the money the client has, it's it's about you know what their requirements and needs. It, it, as a matter of fact, it was a chapter in one of my books about the consulting game. Why a lot of people don't trust consultants, especially around budgeting, is that they come up you know. They say, "Well, what's your budget?" And they're like, "Why? You know, how much? How much do you cost?" And, and there's that that whole weird dance that you do in the consulting game because nobody wants to reveal the numbers because nobody trusts each other. And I, I think one of the greatest things that we were able to accomplish was establishing that trust. Uh, but talk a little bit about that. It's it's it shouldn't be about how much they're willing to spend. It should be about what they need to spend in order to accomplish the goal. That, that's exactly right. I mean, it's you know we that goes back to the first segment when we talked about listening. Um, what are the requirements? Uh, delve down into them and, and, and see if you can even help. Sometimes it may be requirements that it, it's something that you guys you know you can't do as an organization. Uh, and it's really not about their money. You know, I mean, usually there's there's sales teams out there that the, the larger they are, the, the bigger the kickers you know that they do when they're trying to sell. But it's really about the requirements. And that gets you a lot of respect that you're trying to fulfill these requirements uh, and these needs that they have. Uh, and that's important in a, in a sales cycle. Yeah, we actually have a, a pretty good story around that. You know, we were working with a, a very large organization, and, and you know, they, they wanted to partner up with us. They, they actually kind of lied to us and said that, that this, this company that we were going to do business with um, wanted us or, or uh, needed us to backfill their services department, you know, as we did this deal. 
And it turned out not to be true. And then they said that they had to have a minimum amount of number of dollars and services, which we agreed to. But what we wanted was a reciprocal agreement of that same amount back to us, and they wouldn't do that. So then they ended up ending around and, and trying to cut a deal with a, another partner um, and made them a reseller of their licenses so that they could you know, get a better deal and ended up cheapening the deal of the licenses of, of that, which you know lowered their cost. But they ended up not winning the services deal. And then, so then they tried to tell this client that we weren't big enough to handle the deal. And, and so put some concern into that. So, you know, we had this big meeting, you and I, where we had to sit down and c- confirm to this client that we actually could handle the services. And this is where one of those times where I was maybe a little too open or too honest, but came up with a, a plan, you know, right there at the table. But, you know, we had we had a certain rate and, you know, and they said, well, you know, we want you to take a lower rate. And so I committed, I said, I'll tell you what, I'll take a lower rate right now. However, when we deliver what we say we can deliver, when we say we can deliver it, then I want my full rate back, right? So we'll take a lower rate for every hour we bill. But when we finish the job, you're going to give us what we intended to to bill in the first place. And they accepted that. But then they actually came back, and this was the interesting thing, and I think this is where the principle comes from, Greg, is they came back and sweetened the pot, which I had never seen before. They came back and told us, well, when you deliver, when you say you can deliver, we'll actually pay you a little bit more. We'll bonus you. But then if you miss the target, you, you don't get it at all. Right. And that was a fantastic offer. And we ended up hitting it and, and you know having a lot of fun with it. But I, I think that that was an important principle that if you go in where you're aligned with your organization, and to your point, listening to the organization and making sure that you're doing the right thing, you actually can get ancillary benefits on the backside. That's right. Yeah, and they were getting yanked around from the other uh, partner, I guess, or the other big corporation that was trying to sell them the software piece, um, and they didn't feel like they were being heard. Or it became, this other partner just became a sale to them, and we have to get this in. we, we got to get this in by the end of the quarter. It's this amount of money. But we never wavered from truly helping them uh, exceed their requirements. Uh, we became the trusted advisor, really, for these guys, the entire, that entire sales process. And that's an important term you just said, trusted advisor. Dive into that a little bit, Greg. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, when you're working on a, on a sale uh, and you're doing what we talked about, the listening, the honesty, uh, you build up a trust with people in an organization. And whether it's a person who's a recommender or the decision maker and you're open and honest with them and you share details of how you'll, you know, fulfill their needs and and the the business case that you build for them, the ROI, uh, you know that you know when they trust you. And uh, it just kind of goes arm in arm, which is how you how you act at the beginning of the sales cycle, and how it you know how it ends up at the end of the sales cycle, usually with a signed contract. So you're you're stepping away from that used car salesman feel, right? That sleazy feel, and and you get that all the time in these sales cycles, right? The people that are trying to sell to sell, or the people that are trying to sell to improve. And I think that there's right. a distinct difference in that. Yeah, I've actually had in sales cycles the decision makers call me and ask me about the competition and share details that they probably shouldn't share because they trusted me. You know, and most of the time you end up winning those deals. 
And if you don't win them for whatever political reasons are going on in another company, if those people end up leaving and going to another, you know, another organization, you're the first person they're going to call. Well, and interesting, coming back to Blue Ridge for a second, one of the big reasons why you guys are in the Magic Quadrant is one of those is how, how likely are they to buy from you again? That's right. Yeah, that's, that's one I didn't talk about. But, you know, yeah, it's, uh, they're willing to buy multiple times. You know, and our best um, lead generation piece is through customer references. You know, and those guys talk a lot. They're they're involved in associations and, and conferences, and you know the people that sign those contracts are sitting on a board at one of these associations, and they're going out and playing golf with their peers, and they're talking about you, and you want them to talk to, about you in a good way, not a bad way. And that's what the onset now with social media and everything else. You know, you you see these videos that are out there. I mean, most people do not trust advertising by any means. They really don't. What they trust more than anything is peer recommendations. And so right. if somebody says, hey, you know, I, I bought Blue Ridge and I thought it was fantastic. The people were great. That Greg Huffman was a phenomenal salesperson. They're going to trust that more than, you know, a, a flyer that says, you know, Blue Ridge has, has done this in the industry for the last 10 years. It, it's simply they're just going to trust that much more. Yeah, you're exactly like You're exactly right. You know, by having your customers speak for you, it speaks volumes in, in the sales cycle. And, and it goes back to the credibility piece. And what was interesting about that deal where, where we did get that bonus, you know, that, that person that, that extended that offer to us and that we actually did that for, that became the, their project of the year. And that person has been a reference of mine for years. And, and I actually did a webinar maybe uh, three months ago where, you know, this, this project was done, what, 2007, 2008, somewhere around there. It's been, That's right, it, yeah. it, it doesn't seem like it, but it's been, you know, almost six, seven years since we've done that project. He still talks about it and will still pick up a reference, you know, call or, or, or still, you know, pick up a webinar for me at any time and talk about the experience of that entire life cycle, of the sale, life cycle, of the project, the delivery of it. I mean, you cannot, I, I, I cannot buy advertising like that. That, that guy is phenomenal to us. Yeah, and seven years ago, he, like you said, it didn't seem like a long time, but I can tell you that I didn't have any gray hair seven years ago. <laughs> no doubt. Nor, <laughs> nor was I nearly as fat. So, you know, that's good. <laughs> so listen, when we come back, we've got one final segment. If you guys do want to call in, ask us any questions about sales, sales cycles, we've got a couple other stories to share. Been having a fantastic time hanging with my old friend, like it's been yesterday, buddy. It's been a while since we've talked, but I love you to death. We've got Greg Huffman from Blue Ridge on with us. You're listening to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other, where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage, where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers or fall behind. 
Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end -end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment, and not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward, and the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy, and the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end -end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. All right, we're back with Greg Huffman. You know, we were just uh, talking. Greg and I went through some really, really interesting times, and really, you know, we started a, a company from scratch, R Square Consulting. I, I still have the pleasure of running that with a few of my partners, and you know, it was interesting when we first got started. You know, how do you start a company like that? How do you become nationwide, worldwide? Um, and we had kind of a unique sales strategy, and uh, had a unique way to get our name out there. Um, and wanted to do it differently. And, and one thing Greg and I both can agree on is we do not like to cold call. We, we are not two people who are going to want to sit there and smile and dial. Uh, so we came up with a little bit of a different strategy. Greg, why don't you talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, back in the beginning, you know, what's the best way to get your name out? I mean, we literally, the two of us started this. And uh, one of the things that you brought to the table was having books published and on the market. Um, and that gave us the credibility to get you speaking at different engagements all over the place. So, you know, you would do a, a seminar in front of 60 people. You do a, you know, we'd get you set up as a, a keynote speaker at a conference in front of 600 people or whatever it may be. Uh, and having those books and, you know, the, the base of knowledge that you had in the PPM side brought instant credibility. So you would go speak at one of these conferences and, of course, after the conference, they would come up and shake your hand and want to learn more about, you know, best practices and PPM and, you know, get an autograph book and, you know, bounce things off of you. And that was, as a salesperson, that was great for me because there'd, there'd be a line of 10 or 15 people that I could just walk up to or 20 people and start grabbing cards. And uh, that was my instant lead generation right there. So uh, that worked uh, extremely well, and it, it did all the way through as you know as we worked the five or six years together. Um, 
but yeah, that was instant credibility. You know, keynoting a big conference. I mean, you can't you can't buy any kind of advertising like that. So so now ask me why I do a radio show every Friday from four to five. <laughs> That's Pretty much perfect. an extension of that, except it's in now 91 countries and heard all over the world. So still trying to keep that same methodology. It just gets, uh, gets more listeners, more audience. That's, that's what we're doing here, man. Yeah, worldwide. Worldwide, 91 countries, by the way. So Yeah, I can't even name 91 countries. <laughs> I, I think I tap out at about 25. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But when I get when I get the numbers in, I can share them with you. So yeah, that's that was the interesting part, right? We always had that kind of vision. We said, you know, let's get credibility first, become the experts in the field, and, and we still still continue to do that. So I got certified in a lot of the different tools that I could speak to the different areas, but but keep that thought leadership up, and and I think that that's important. For anybody that out there that, that is a consultant, wants to be a consultant, wants to have your own business, is you absolutely have to become and, and establish that expertise and make sure that you're giving something back to somebody, right? So our speeches weren't commercials for our squared. They were absolutely uh, engineered to help the industry. They're engineered to help talk to executives, engineered to improve the project manager's lives. But on the backside of that, you know, we, we certainly can come into your organization and do the same thing for you. Yeah, well, that's a great point, Rick, because you, you never sold R-squared. You were selling best practices. And, and I, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think that's the important thing that a lot of people miss. You know, when I go to these these conferences, and, and, and you and I have been to a lot of them, right? We'd give people five minutes before we would exit out as well. You know, so many people are just trying to sell themselves out there. And, and I'm going to go back to my mentor and John Maxwell, one of the greatest things I've ever heard him say is, what value are you providing them? And it, it, it's about that value proposition. You know, they're taking an hour out of their lives. They spent money to come to that event. So what value are you going to provide to them in that 60 minutes or 30 minutes or 20 minutes that you're speaking that, that's going to help change what they're doing? Absolutely correct on that. And it's a great it's a it's a great way to start. Well, we've had some great times, man. We you know even even through Highmark days back you know back to when we tried to sell AmSouth the very first time you know the very first time that we met and <laughs> we're configuring Niku and I came in and said, "Can we do this?" And you're like, "I don't know." Hey, man, we can. You know, it was yeah. it was all the good times down to you know to what's happening now, right? We're evolving total application lifecycle management is a, is a platform we're going with. You guys have been killing it. You know, at Blue Ridge, I, I I know that you finally got got rid of the old car. I see what you're driving now, so I know things are fantastic <laughs> at Blue Ridge for you. Um, yeah, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you about Blue Ridge. It is a great place to work. Um, again, I, I told you I worked with most most of this team 20 years ago, so we've been in the trenches together. You know, like you and I have been in. Um, but it's a it's a great trust factor because we we've, we've all known each other. Uh, we've been around the block. And the product is, is fantastic. And I've, I've seen it firsthand, uh, what it can do operationally for companies, uh, how much cash it can free up. Um, you know, the other thing is raising fill rates and service levels that are customers, keeping their customers happy. Um, so it's, it's a fun product to sell, and I have a, a good territory, and I love selling the, the food and beverage side. So tell people how to get in touch with you and, and how to get in touch with the company. Yeah, so you can uh, you can call me directly uh, on my cell phone. It's six seven eight 
480-9958, or you can email me at greg.huffman at bluebridgeglobal.com. And, of course, our website is blueridgeglobal.com as well. Um, and there's uh, some contact information if you want to go in and, and leave your information and, and pull up some white papers and some success stories. We have that available on our website. As we said, you know, we, we broadcast to 91 different countries. So if an international call comes in, you're going to have to answer it now. That's right. Well, I speak uh, 42 languages. So. <laughs> <laughs> So, they all sound you know, a lot like English. <laughs> the international <laughs> language of business, baby. Bring it. That's right. Bring That's it. Right. The, the, the last thing you know, I wanted to cover with you is, is you know, making sure that we're treating our partners and treating everybody with respect. I, that was one of the things I always loved about you. You know, there, the, there's always times in business where all of us, you know, the, there's tough times, there's big times, there's, there's great times, and there's bad times. Um, you were always a champion of respect, and I always respected that about you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I have. I haven't changed. <laughs> no, you're still you're still my huff daddy, and you always will be. Listen, man, I've had a fantastic time uh, uh, chatting with you. Good luck to you at Blue Ridge. Good luck to the company. I, I look forward to having you on again soon. Love to hear okay. uh, updates about the company and anybody else who would like to join you. Uh, please join us. Um, We've uh, been talking about succeeding in sales with Greg Huffman at Blue Ridge. Again, that's blueridgeglobal.com. Please check them out. Go visit the website. Go go check it out, man. Go go see how this product can really improve uh, your organization. If that's an organization, uh, uh, you know, if you guys are in food and beverage or, or this is something that can help you guys out. Um, next week, we've got a fantastic show planned. Um, I've got Chase Hampton and Damon Pampolino is going to be on the show. These guys were former uh, Mouseketeers, right? They were from the new Mickey Mouse Club. They were there with Justin and Christina and Brittany. They were also part of the super group called The Party, uh, which was huge in the 90s. They had a, a small uh, comeback that I know all too well about uh, that we'll be discussing. But they're going to talk about the work-life balance in the entertainment industry, what it's like not only to be a childhood star but to, to you know mature through that, how to you know go on tour. They had five albums out by the time they were 17 years old. And then they get out of that. Now it's time to you know have a real life. They're married. And how do they balance that work-life uh, in the entertainment industry, try to provide for their family and deal with all of those different types of pressures. So it's going to be a fantastic show. It'll be a whole lot of fun. I'll have Damon and Chase on next week. I want to thank Greg for taking time out of his busy schedule uh, and selling the millions of dollars that he sells for joining me for 60 Minutes. And uh, we look forward to having everybody on next week on the Work-Life Balance. You've been listening to Rick Morris, Greg Huffman. We look forward to having you on next week with Damon and Chase. We'll see you all again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 